Here we are, everybody. We're right now in uh, level two, a lot more freedom, a lot more expression. I pray that this is going to be an opportunity for you to venture out and do some things that have been really, in a way, hindered over the last uh, month or so. But for me, I always said my travel was a real problem for me losing weight. But as I looked at the scales after being going through lockdown, I found that I'd actually put on two kilos. So I'm not sure what the problem is. Perhaps it's my eating. Being able to go to the gym might be able to alleviate some of that problem. But how about joining with me today because our series is going deeper and I believe it's so important that we, through this season, are able to really explore the depths of God. So how about joining with me as I pray right now and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and really minister into our lives. So Father, we do come and we welcome the Holy Spirit. We ask you to come and uh, just enable us, minister to us, cause us to go deeper into the real presence of your Holy Spirit, touch something significant in Jesus' name. Amen. I found, uh, actually, as we went through the lockdown and the initial stages, my frustration actually led me to actually do something that the Holy Spirit had been speaking to me about for a long time, and that was writing a book. And so far, I can actually come to the point and say, I've written 18 chapters of that and two chapters to go. But really, it came out of frustration. It came out of me really being forced into what God had been saying over a long time. And so we, right now, are at a point where God, I believe, is using these circumstances for good. And I pray that you're able to be empowered through it. You're able to receive something significant from God. What I want to talk about today is man's extremity is God's opportunity. And it comes to, the title comes from a book that I read many years ago, written by the, an author by the name of Reese Howes. And he had a group of people who prayed through the Second World War. And they were involved in praying through strategic battles that they thought the Holy Spirit had led them to actually minister through. They identified five areas, and at the end of the war, basically the army came together and people with specialties, and they actually identified the same battles as being strategic to the winning of the Second World War. It's wonderful how Reese Howes was able to pray through those battles and come to a place where he saw God intervene. The story that I want to use to really highlight God's uh, man's extremity as God's opportunity is to look at actually a woman in the Bible and her name was Hannah. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm not going to read it through. I'll pick out some verses as we go on. But Hannah means grace and favour. And as you look at the life of Hannah, she was the son of a man by the name of Eliakim. Uh, he indulged her. He loved her. He had two wives. The other was Penaniah. And Penaniah was able to have children, but Eliakim, uh, Hannah, sorry, was not able to. She was, uh, her, her womb was closed. And the Bible actually says that God closed her womb. God was not allowing her to have children. But as we go through the story, we start to see that every, every year they would come to the house of God and uh, Penaniah would provoke Hannah because she was barren. She wasn't able to have children. She provoked her. There was sort of an anger and a frustration developed in the, in the heart of Hannah. But as she went through and went on, uh, we also learned that uh, Eliakim, he, he indulged her. He said, uh, he actually used the phrase, he says, am I not better than 10 sons? He was probably a bit of an ego man when he said that. But in a way, God had left a deficit within the heart of Hannah that only God wanted her to reach out and have filled. 
And so as you go through the story, she'd come to the house of God and she was in much pain. And then the priest acknowledged her and saw her. His name was Eli and he thought that she was sort of out of order the way she was praying. But he came and he asked her to confess really what was upon her heart. And as she confessed, she said, I just really believe if God would give me a son, I'd dedicate this son to his work. I'd give him to to what God has purposed for his life. And out of it, uh, Eli said to her, go away because I, uh, God would grant the request of your heart. And so as Hannah went away, the Bible says that she went away full of faith and ultimately she did conceive and she conceived and gave birth to a son which he called Samuel. And she called him Samuel because Samuel was asked of God and that's really what it means. And as we go through life, God often allows pain. He allows situations because he's got a greater purpose. And as you go on to read the story of of Samuel, he became such a transitional prophet that God used for the nation of Israel. And so some of the points that I want to really bring to you today, I believe, highlight what we go through in our life, sometimes because God's got a greater destiny. You mightn't be like Hannah in the sense of having to give up a child and placing that child in the house of God. But God does use painful events. If I look through my life, some of the most painful areas have come in the areas that I felt God had called me to. And I believe that sometimes God allows pain. And so the first point I want to talk about is extreme pain. And today we see in this story in verses 6 and 7, where her, uh, she was provoked severely uh, to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. And so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she was, the, the, her um, uh, Penaniah provoked her. Therefore she wept and she did not eat. And so year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord and she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. And and so we see this, the the pain that was coming into her life. In the Bible, uh, it talks so much, especially in the Old Testament, about leprosy. And as we understand leprosy now, leprosy actually destroys the nerves and it, it basically takes away our ability to feel pain. And for people who go through this horrible disease, if they were to touch a hot plate, they couldn't feel the pain as everybody was, uh, every one of us who've got normal hands or senses are able to, to feel. And uh, so leprosy is a horrible disease because really pain is there to serve us. It's showing us that there is something wrong. On the spiritual side, you actually see that sin has the same consequences. God gives us the power to feel the, the consequences of sin. But if we actually ignore it, ultimately uh, our senses become dead and no longer do we feel its effect. So pain is really there to serve us. It's, a, it's almost like a signal that uh, God is alerting us to something greater. And so God actually allowed Hannah to go through the season where her womb was shut off. And in that season, pain came to her life, being mocked. Uh, She was uh, scoffed at. She was indulged in a way that was not healthy for her because in a way there was this deficit within her heart that only God could meet. And we go through life and sometimes we'll go through it where we're physically attacked. 
definitely emotionally attacked and uh, relationally, sometimes relationships break down as we've been through in the last two or three months, just the, the pandemic disaster comes, hits. We can't plan on that, but sometimes God allows these things to happen. He doesn't do it, but he allows them because he's wanting us to, to, to see that pain is there to aid us to actually come into a deeper relationship with him. Wow. It's so important that we actually take hold of that and let God use it for his benefit. Rather than suppressing it down or trying to look for people to sympathize with us, and we never ever find out the results that God's wanting to bring. So, the second area that we can really learn from this story is not just extreme pain, but God wants us to get into this what I call extreme prayer. And it just says of Hannah that she directed her pain to God. She prayed. She had bitterness of soul in verse 10, and she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And what I want to illustrate today is how this can really work in your life. It's probably, this is the central part of what I'm wanting to talk about. And I've just brought along a bit of uh, so four strands of, um, of rope here. And each strand is actually braided in itself. But why I brought four is because in Isaiah chapter 40 verses, uh, verse 31, it's a well-known scripture, but it's a very powerful verse when you understand it. It just talks about those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And when you understand the word wait, the word wait really means to bind together or twist. Uh, it's a very powerful word. It's not just waiting and doing nothing. It's really waiting. It's this attitude of prayer where you're coming into the presence of God and you're making your request known to Him. You're unfolding your heart. You're unfolding your burden. You're bringing everything to God. And what I've got here is a, a, a rope with four, uh, four strands of rope. And uh, what I've done, because of time, I, I've braided some. I, I don't know whether my braiding's particularly good, but anyhow, you can get the idea. And uh, this is the strong part where it's been braided together. And why I've got four strands is because one really is about you and me. And by ourselves, that is not, doesn't have the strengths that this has. But as we wait on God, the Bible says there's a, there's a binding there's a twist again. Why I have four here is because, because the, the Father heart of God, God's love is so important in actually healing our life and understanding our destiny and purpose. The second part is, or well, the third part, ourselves, the Father, is Jesus and His Word. Jesus and His Word actually really brings conviction into our life. I believe that God wants to raise up a people through this particular, uh, what we've gone through in the last two months, who have conviction, they're cause-driven, they really understand what God's calling them to. And uh, when you understand uh, Jesus and His Word, that's really what He's doing. He's, he's getting our life invo involved with Him. So the Father's love really brings security. But Jesus and His Word brings us to a point of conviction and strength. And then you've got the Holy Spirit who's the fourth one. So when they're braided together and working, the Holy Spirit is able to come in and heal the very, often the pain, the deficit in our heart. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And really what that's saying is the Holy Spirit really wants to be involved in healing and bringing comfort into our soul. He understands.
understands our pain and God does. He never rejects it, but he never wants us to suppress it because if we suppress it, we will never come to the desired place that God has. So God is actually using pain to direct yours and my heart to pray. And when we pray and we get him involved, like it says, they wait on the Lord. There comes a strength through the binding, the braiding, the the binding together of something that cannot easily be broken. And the scripture says there, God renews our strengths. From that point, we can mount up like wings of an eagle. We shall run and not be weary or walk and we won't faint. And we see another illustration like this in the Bible of Nehemiah when he asked the question and heard the state of Israel. The Bible says he was just moved. He he was deeply burdened and distressed and he prayed and fasted. But out of that prayer, that fasting, God was able to bring him to a place where his will and his ways were revealed to Nehemiah and he was able to direct his steps toward the solution that God would want. And I believe that that's so important that pain actually is is directed in the right way. It's directed in prayer. It's not not simply just praying and going into your room, even though that's important, but it's taking this attitude of prayer. And I can see Hannah all every day saying, God, do you not understand my pain? Do you not understand? And it's almost like the day that Eli said to her, that God saw her pain and he was going to, uh, he, he wanted to know what was the request of his heart. And we, when you get the response of Hannah, she just says, oh, if God would just give me a son, I will give this son to him, completely to him. I reckon that the moment she said that, it's like the angels of heaven went into celebration because it was almost like God was bringing Hannah to this desired point. Why? Because he had a cause. And that's what the weaving is all about. It's about God's love. It's about Jesus' faith and his word, trying to strengthen and bring conviction to bring us to a point we will, where we will let go God's agenda and we will find that we let go our agenda and we will find God's agenda. So that's why prayer is powerful. Prayers of hope direct our heart. And so when you look at Hannah, she came to a place out of just this prayer, this intercession, where she came to an extreme response. She said, Holy Spirit, uh, God, uh, I will give you of my son. I'll give him, I'll lend him to you as long as he live. All the days he will live, I will give to, give to you. And as, in a way, the moment she made that confession, as I said, heaven rejoiced, but Hannah was healed. Hannah came to the point of God's desired will, God's desired purpose. She was healed, faith arose. And it just says in verse 18 of 1 Samuel, uh, it just says, let your your maidservant find favour in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And she came to the point, I will give him. I will give him. And I can remember a significant event in my own life where I knelt. And I often like to go back to that place where I knelt in the presence of God. Why? Because that's where I gave away what God was requiring me to 
so that I could become everything that he wanted me to be. And I believe that God directs us because he's wanting a response. Your response might will never probably be like Hannah's and your response mightn't be my response. But God is always looking for you and I to make a response. And it's so important that we come to that place where we say, I will give him. I will do what you require. And I think of the prodigal son where he, it was all about give me, give me. And we, we live in a selfish society. Sometimes it creeps into the church. But really when he was confronted with the love of his father, he came to the point where he said, make me. Make me, just make me one of your hired servants. And that's such a powerful response. And so the fourth area is extreme action. So God needed this child. Hannah dedicated, she became pregnant. She dedicated the child. She was able to take him through the routines of a little baby where she fed him, nurtured him, comforted him. But then there came a day when the child was weaned and she basically brought the child to the house of God and she gave the child to be nurtured in the house of God. And the Bible actually says that this child grew. He grew in wisdom, understanding in the house of God. Why? Because that was God's purpose. That was God's destiny for Samuel. That's what God wanted. And uh, it leads me, I know, uh, as we come to the final point, number five, extreme opportunity. And it just says, Samuel in chapter 2, verse 18, Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as the child was wearing a linen ethod. And it just says in verse 26, and Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. And then it goes on in chapter 3, where Samuel has an encounter. And he just says, uh, then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both hearers of everyone who hears Years, it will tingle. And so this, this man, it was like God brought, uh, brought um, Hannah to this desired place. Why? Because he needed a young boy who understood the ways of God, who became a prophet of God. He was nurtured in the house of God and he became a bridge. He became a transitional prophet to actually take the nation of Israel from a, a nation of judges, which led them, led them on a roller coaster to the, to the place where David and the kingdom of David was basically put in place. He was able to confront the evilness and the rebellion of a soul. He became God's voice. He was able to speak into situations and bring life. And as, a, as the title of my message, man's extremity, what was an extreme? In this case, a woman's extremity became God's opportunity. As she directed her heart, she brought her heart before the presence of God as she allowed even the, the difficult areas of her life to be woven with God's love. Just the security of knowing that God had called her as she began to focus, even though Jesus was not present there in a physical way, he was working. Jesus was always working as he does in our life to bring us to a place of conviction, to a place of authority, to a place of strength. And often the greatest pressure develops the greatest uh, place of strength and understanding in our life. So don't, 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 
went back. Don't, don't suppress, but allow God to become the answer because the Holy Spirit wants to heal. He wants to empower you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to put the fresh oil of your spirit upon you. He wants you to know his gifting. He wants you to know the, the way you are to function and what you're to do. And so I believe out of what we've been going through, this is amazing soil. We can react to it or else we can actually do what Hannah did in the end. She came and said, I can't react anymore. God, help me, help me. And out of that, we see the life of Samuel. As I said, he became the significant prophet. But not only was he a significant prophet, but we have two books of the Bible. And the amazing thing is today, here I am preaching and talking about Hannah, because her testimony stands. And the outcome of her obedience also stands. And the story we tell today. So I believe it's so important through these events that you and I are able to come to a place and we're able to yield our heart. And prayer is not something that's just a religious duty. It's, as I said, it's, it's the weaving of our heart. And I often look at this and I, I, I bring it and I use it as an illustration. Why? Because this is, every time I'm praying, I, I, I actually literally have this word picture in my mind. As I pray, Father, you're working in my life. Jesus, you're putting your word and your authority into my being. As I pray, Holy Spirit, you're nurturing, you're ministering to me. And out of that, God often causes his thoughts to become my thoughts. He brings me to a place where I can say, I delight to do your will, O Lord. It's not grievous anymore unto me, but I want to do what you've called me to do. And so I do do pray that you just reflect and go back. And man's extremity is God's opportunity. Don't, don't suppress pain. Don't suppress the things that you're confronted with right now. But allow pain to avert you or alert you to what God is really wanting to do. It's a signal. And often we, we, we want it to go away, but if we're able to capitalise on it, it can become the very breeding ground or the ground upon which God will raise up something more significant. If we would just but bring it to prayer, and I believe right now in this time, if we would pray and we would uh, do what Hannah did, there would be something of the waiting in the presence of God. There'd be the strengthening. God would move. And then we'd make this response. And sometimes I just think God's in heaven waiting. The Bible says his face shines upon his people. And what he's looking for as his face shines upon, he's looking for you and I to come to that place of yieldedness and response so that we will do what God's called us to do. For you, that might be the starting of a business. It might be releasing resources. For a young person, it might be going to you university, Bible college. There's a whole lot of ways God directs our path. He's constantly challenging us. And to get in tune with Him is the greatest sense of what God has for our life. It's where God directs our path. We begin to follow in His footsteps and we begin to understand what God is wanting to do. And I believe it's just so important that we're able to redeem this. As I said, my frustration led to, to doing something that God has been speaking to me about for five years to write a book. And all the time, I'm too busy to do that. I start, stop, start, stop. But this has actually led me to a place where I've been isolated enough to say, sit down and write. 
Do what I've called you to do. So frustration became my servant. And I just wonder where your point of frustration, your point of pain is, your point right now where God's alerting you to pray and do what he requires you to do. So I pray today, let the Holy Spirit just come. I ask you to let something happen within your heart where Jesus Christ is lifted up. He's exalted. His name is directed to be above every name so that you and I can live for a cause that's greater than you and I and we can lay down our selfishness and our pride and we can come before him in Jesus' name.